Hey everybody, God bless you. This is Jordan Pacheco from the Glad Trad Podcast. And I just wanted to make a short little video um, aimed at a particular group of people in the church, and that would be traditional Catholics, Latin Mass attending Catholics from both the Diocese of Washington, D.C., as well as the uh, Diocese of Arlington, Virginia. And the reason why, if you don't know, um, is because lately um, the bishop and respective cardinal, because Cardinal uh, Gregory is Cardinal of Washington, D.C., of these places have implemented Pope Francis's guidelines from Traditionis Custodes, which means there has been a ban hammer done on Latin masses. Um, and I'll also, by the way, just put in the um, the poor people of the Institute of Christ the King in Chicago, because thank you, Sue Pitch. Now, apparently, they're getting kicked out of Chicago. So um, I really wanted to address any people there in particular. And um, for those that don't know, of course, there has been a huge restriction uh, of, of the ability to go to Latin Mass in these places. And I was reading in particular, um, I mean, they're pretty huge restrictions. And in particular, what's funny about the one in Arlington, Virginia's diocese is that it's gone from, I think there were 13 parishes, um, and it's gone down to like eight or five or something. Oh, it's gone down to eight. But, um, but what's funny about five of those parishes can't even celebrate the mass inside, say, their own a church, essentially. So if it's like a school, gymnasium or something like that, they can continue doing it. That's totally cool. We're going back to the hotel room Latin mass, apparently. Um, so I really wanted to, to give two kind of points on this. But uh, to my brothers and sisters who are inside these dioceses, I want you to know that uh, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for the strength of your families. I'm praying for courage and fortitude and, and piety and, and devotion to our Lord in these, in these utterly incomprehensible times. What are we going to do, brothers and sisters? If there's something about growing up in the, the Novus Ordo, and I'm very fond of my upbringing, I'm grateful to my parents for giving me the faith in the best way that they knew how, I, I completely credit them for the reason I am how I am as a Catholic. But becoming a traditional Catholic and being able to not just tote the party line, so to speak, but really to go down and speak with people about why they attend the traditional mass and what their story is. There's one thing in particular that I'm struck by. There are a lot of trads that come from all over the empire. Our Latin mass parishes are stock full of converts, reverts, and cradles like me. We're actually the minority, I feel like. A lot of times it's like cradles like me who kind of just... Uh, wanted more essentially I, i've never met as many converts from all different walks of life my wife is a revert um, plenty of other reverts their stories are huge we know them and I, as i ask them the stories i get an overwhelming sense of what happened with me in a way which is that i wasn't being fed and now that part of what we do on this channel part of what i i do just as a catholic at large is to go back historically and just talk to people about what their experience coming to the fullness of Christ was, I am overwhelmed by how many people who watched, especially their parents at this stage, really fight to keep the faith of their ancestors alive. And I am overwhelmed with the deep understanding that there have been many priests, many bishops, and now popes who really deeply, genuinely hurt and continue to hurt their, their faithful sons and daughters. 
And so I, I can't understand the depth of what it's like to have my Latin mass ripped away from me. Um, I am very grateful to be in an, a diocese that seems to allow it to flourish. But I also don't like the fact that it's based upon the whim of if you have a good bishop or a bad bishop, if you have a good pope or a bad pope, that there's nothing perennial going on here. That the same people who who spend their entire clerical life saying that they weren't going to be rigid, that they were going to listen, right? All this kind of BS are the same people who gleefully put the ban hammer down on faithful, good Catholic families and their families, your families, you know, who just want to love our Lord, who want to follow after the devotion to our Lord and our lady and reverence for the altar and reverence for the Eucharist. And they do this by attending the mass that their grandparents and their great grandparents and their ancestors have for thousands of years. That is apparently the most dangerous thing in the church because there has been so much con considerably quickly um, implementation of church legislature based upon this one thing more than anything else. If you're a traditional a Catholic at this time in history, for whatever reason, God only knows why, and I'm sure we can speculate, then this is a real persecution. And this isn't the first persecution. You know, it's, I I'm going to opine something. I was looking at the Synod on Synodality's logo, which I hate. Can we just take a moment to say just how, how garbage of a logo. In the 2,000 year history of the church, this is what we decided. It's not a surprise, of course. It's, it's childish. Because in many of these instances, sinners we all are. Our bishops, our priests, even our Holy Father acts childish when it comes to the badgering around of his traditional sons and daughters. They're, they're children with a temper tantrum. They'll make all sorts of excuses. Ah, these people are too rigid and pharisaical and neo-Pelagian, uh, and there must be a mental illness for a young priest who wants to wear a long cassock and a Saturno, and Catholics don't have to breed like rabbits, and all this other kind of stuff. And they will then gleefully tell you, ironically, the same people who would not listen to a 2,000-year patchment in the church will gleefully tell you that as bishop, who does have the authority to bind and loose, this is true, as bishop, you have to follow along, Catholic. Otherwise, you are excommunicado. You're schismatic, right? You're outside the fold. Something's wrong with you. And there's no recourse. There's no people, especially in the case of, of Archbishop or of Cardinal Gregory. Um, people wrote a lot of heartfelt letters. I, I read them in, in different websites expressing the love of the Latin Mass, what it has done for them and their families. Not being mean, not getting on Twitter and blasting out, not just claiming the Pope is schismatic or a heretic or anything. Just saying, please don't do this. And it didn't matter. And this is the exact same thing that happened to so many of, of your parents and grandparents and so many people that now I've had the honor to talk about and talk to. This is what happened to them in the aftermath in the 60s and the 70s. They came back to their churches, places that sometimes they built brick by brick, and suddenly father knew best. And by that, there went your altar rails. There went your tabernacles. There went um, the beauty of the sanctuary, right? The differentiation between the nave and the sanctuary. Here comes the carpets and the felt banners, right? And the slogans and the songs and all this just 
utter crap. And I'm I'm fortunate in this way because I was born in the 90s. I was born in the mid-90s. And therefore, there's just so much destruction that I didn't grow up understanding. All this stuff I've learned is pretty retroactive. But I remember going into some churches as opposed to others and being just overwhelmed by the fact that this wasn't sacred architecture. I've sat in with enough masses. I've sat in with liturgical dancers. I've, I've sat in with a lot of stuff. And sat there and gone, this is not sacred. In the case of the Archdiocese of Chicago, St. Sabina's is allowed to have mass. And let's be real here, just for a moment. Is that really mass? Is that really a the unbloodied sacrifice of the altar? The unbloodied sacrifice of Calvary? Is that really what happens there? It's not humanistic at all. It's not us injecting whatever the heck we want. It's not just schlock. It's not just Protestantism. That's acceptable, apparently, in the mind of, uh, of, of Cardinal Supich. But the Institute of Christ the King, for whatever reason, are not. And the, uh, the, the people at St. John Cantus, right? The canons at St. John Cantus, advertising their Latin Mass, wanting to have Latin Mass is unacceptable. And people, the thing about salvation is this. We are, we are supposed to stay inside the fold of Holy Mother Church. This is what Christ has instituted, right? The bark of St. Peter. I am with this 100%. I'm not a set of a contest. Nothing could make me so. The history of the world is much easier to understand that there just could be a bad pope <laughs> than no pope at all. But I am unfortunately blown away by what happens when the will of a few bad men seriously intend to damage the lives of the faithful. And unfortunately, in the history of the church, at this point, millions, millions of people's faiths have been snuffed out. They've been trampled on. They've been lost and twisted around and thrown into confusion and thrown into the wolves because of the will of a few bad men. For those in the Diocese of Washington, D.C., for those in the Diocese of Chicago, for those in the Diocese of Virginia, Arlington, I, I, I pray that you do not allow the bitterness of our foes, love them as we may, but our adversaries, regardless if they're lady or if they're clergy, I pray that you do not allow that bitterness to infect your own soul, to not disturb your inner peace. But I'm also not going to pretend that until the church really sits down, qua the church, and says, I'm sorry for damaging the faith of so many people, that this mess is only going to continue. And God forbid in this chastisement we are facing that it gets worse. Which one of us, which one of these men who gleefully say for the sake of church unity just go to the new mass and call it a day and shut up and who cares if it's a boomer hippie dippy parish who cares if there's irreverence whatever it is which one of them would honestly wager their children keeping their catholic souls if they sent them to saint sabina's for the entirety of their childhood who would wager their children's souls at old pat's cathedral in chicago where you have two gay fathers get up there during the homily to talk about how they're so happy they found an inclusive place that essentially doesn't practice the catholic faith who would send their children? My reason for becoming a traditional Catholic, I think is very similar to many of your reasons. I was sick and tired of watching my friends and watching my family members leave the church. Hemorrhage. We've heard this back and forth, up and down, for one Catholic that comes in, six Catholics leave, and nobody's doing a dang thing about it. 
These men do not care. If they audited themselves even just a little bit, they would recognize that maybe it's not the right time to just completely flip the script, right? I'm not saying, therefore, tomorrow the church should just reinstitute Crow Premium in a way that destroys every single new mass. We'd probably lose a lot of faith in that process, too. But at the very least, allow for the preservation of the light, the truth of the church in Latin Mass. If these men were serious about the salvation of souls, the first law of the church, they wouldn't hesitate to allow these places to flourish. But instead, for many of you Catholics, unfortunately, you will be back to celebrating mass in the catacombs. You will be in gyms, and you will be in hotel rooms, and you will be in all sorts of weird places, but you better not be in a church. And in fact, unfortunately, because the church closures are happening all across this country, especially in the East, they're fusing parishes together, they're selling church property to pay for the absolutely abhorrent sex abuse crisis, but because this is happening, they would rather sell that property off and watch it demolished. Some of these men would. Then dare let a traditional order come in and run it. That's the world that we live in. Until the church really seriously gets uncucked. I am fearful that there's only going to be more of these Latin mass restrictions. We've already seen them in this year. We've addressed them a little bit, but these two in particular are, are extraordinarily hard to swallow. Don't leave the church. For my traditional brothers and sisters who are suffering this horrible injustice, the only comfort I can give you is that Christ is suffering alongside you. When Christ witnesses and is present to and in the midst of every liturgical abuse he's there he's there on the cross watching us make a mockery of his sacrifice he is there weeping as these men of the church these men of the cloth turn away from him and embrace all manners of secularism modernism and even now paganism He's there in your midst, right beside you. I wish that it was easy to say, simply hop down to the next fraternity parish down the road. Maybe for some of you it is. Maybe for some of you there's a fraternity or society or I don't care what it is. I have learned to not judge based upon your circumstances because so scandalized can the faithful be that God is the only one who can make straight all this mess. If this calls you to the Society of Pius X, if this calls you to an independent chapel, I used to be way more hard on that thing. Now I understand because I, I, I sat back and just listened to the stories of people who really felt like they watched the world destroy around themselves. What does it mean to grant faculties anymore? I don't know. It's not as cut and dry as I want it to be. So I'm not going to fault you if you say, listen, for the sake of my family, understanding the Catholic faith, I may have to do things that I didn't consider doing ever in my life i can't judge you for these things i pray that there is a more canonically regular situation for you to find yourself in but i'm not going to pretend like these men of the church have, have made it easy and i'm not going to pretend that 
canonically regular is a word that we find in the Bible. You know what I mean? I'm not going to pretend that the whole structure of the Roman Curia has to exist as it exists now. Obviously not. And that has nothing to do with a denial of the authority which Christ has given to his church through St. Peter. Quite the opposite. But I do not want you to risk your salvation over an attachment. And, and it's, it's not to say the Latin Mass is just an attachment. But please, no matter what you do, go to Mass on Sunday. Drive your hours if you have to. Harden not your hearts. Do not give in to the same sort of evils that these men give into. Because let me tell you what's going to happen one day, very, very soon. One day, these cardinals and these bishops shall go to their eternal rewards. One day, the popes, like every man, will go to their eternal rewards. They shall stand before our Lord. And however they live their life, especially as our leaders, they shall be judged for that. But there will be a triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. There will be a restoration. There will be a counter-reformation, the likes which we've never seen before. And I'm looking forward to that day when serious, holy, devoted, pious men sit there and say, we are sorry. Come home. Come home in the fullness of the, of the church. Come home in the fullness of its sacramental life, its devotional life, and certainly its liturgical life. That day may be nearer than we can even imagine. But in the meantime, you are in my prayers. Catholics who are going through these horrendous closures, you are in my prayers. I, I commit you to the Immaculate Heart of Our Lady. I commit you to the hearts of the true reformers of the church, those like Sir Thomas More, one of my patrons, who watched in real time the destruction of the church in his beloved England. The same men who knew better did this. And so, God bless you and Mary keep you. I'm going to close this out actually by praying a Hail Mary in Latin. If you'll join me, please. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu et mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesu. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. Our Lady, Seed of Wisdom, pray for us. Our Lady, Help of Christians, pray for us. In nomine Patris et Fili, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you in the next one. Adios.